visit at Easter by Debbie Weiss. Easter conjures up many things. For children, it may be chocolate Easter eggs. Those in the workforce will enjoy a long weekend of recreation, while those with religion will have a time of reflection. In years to come, the woman in our story will have other memories of a more personal nature. In some ways, this will be a night when the memories began. I'm turning in now. It will be a big day tomorrow. Are you coming? In just a while. I want to tidy up a bit first. I don't understand why you are fussing so. It's not necessary, you know. I just want to make sure you're comfortable. I'm as comfortable as I can be under the circumstances. Maybe you'd be better on the easy chair. I'm perfectly fine here. I've always preferred being on your couch. I remember. You liked sitting there by the lamp and window. The light was the best here for doing the times and the crossword puzzles and reading. That's why I thought, well, that I'd get you settled in there while you were here for your visit. Though now we have much more light with all these windows and being much higher up. It's quite a change from the ground floor unit you had in that Sydney apartment. We didn't realise how dark that apartment was till we moved. And the view's not bad either up here. If you crane your neck, you can even see the river. You'll excuse me if I don't leap up to have a look? It's dark out. You can't see anything now. I can imagine the view. Yes. Just relax. That's the only thing I can do now. Though there's hardly any room for me with all the pillows. They've certainly accumulated since I was last over. But then my last visit was a while ago. The logistics were much more challenging when we moved up to Sydney. Well, all the obstacles were finally overcome, it seems. I've wanted to visit you and Scott and see your new apartment for a long time. Though your new apartment is not so new anymore. Well, you're here now. Yes, and that's what's important, isn't it? I am finally having my visit with you. Better late than never, as they say. What are you doing? I thought I would reposition the pillows around you to give you more support. You want to prop the old lady up and make sure she doesn't topple off your sofa. I wouldn't want to end up all over your floor. God forbid. You always like to have a pillow behind you for your back. Oh, well, my back was such a mess. A pillow would help a bit for a while, but with the arthritis too, it was hard to find relief. Well, not for long, no matter what I did. It's a bitch getting old. And like they say, it's not for sissies. I wasn't a sissy and never one to complain. I wasn't going to say anything. 
You say also say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I don't know about that. But then the longer one lives, the more ailments one has and the more meds one needs. I certainly had my litany of prescriptions and specialists. Life becomes a round robin of ologists, cardiologists, nephrologists, neurologists, ophthalmologists, dermatologists. You seem to have had more than your share. I don't know how you managed, and on your own too. Necessity is the mother of invention. One will always do what is necessary to maintain one's independence. As you get older, that becomes one of life's most precious freedoms. Though, I've got to say, you really shouldn't have been driving for as long as you did, for your own safety and that of others. I cringe thinking of you on the road like that. My car was my independence. I'm not sure what other choice I had, actually, living in the suburbs. And I was perfectly fine driving. I was a good driver. Really? You had a number of dings on your car that would indicate otherwise. No harm, no foul. Nothing that needed to be reported to the insurance company. Fortunately. You know, I just realised that you don't have a problem with your hearing now. Of course not. I never really did. What are you talking about? You were going deaf. I was absolutely not going deaf. Well, you had some sort of problem. You had more and more trouble hearing each year. Scott practically had to act as my interpreter for us to have any sort of conversation in the last few times we visited you. It was the pitch of your voice. A bit mousy. Just didn't carry well. Sometimes I wondered if you had selective hearing. Hearing only when and what you wanted to. Eh? What was that? (laughs) Just kidding. It was pretty obvious to everyone that your hearing was getting worse. We could never understand why you were so adamant about not getting a hearing aid. Oh, those hearing aids don't work. They're just expensive, ugly things doctors like to stick in people's ears to let them think they'll hear normally again. And of course, I didn't need one because I was not going deaf. As I kept telling you and Scott and everyone else, the only problem I had was an occasional build-up of wax in the ears. And as you can see, the problem cleared up, just as I told you it would. Whatever you say, the issue does seem moot now. Yes, quite moot. So... Do you think you can do something about the pillows? I don't think we need them all, do we? You do seem to be sort of surrounded. A veritable fortress of pillows. If we come under attack, I will be well protected. I'm not sure why it is that people feel compelled to get so many pillows these days. Pillows for couches, pillows for chairs, pillows strewn all over beds. How can that possibly be comfortable. There isn't any room to sit down or sleep anymore. Pillows are a decorative element. With them, you can make a fashion statement. They can add a dash of colour or contrast, create some interest. They're a way to express yourself. Sounds like something you read in House Beautiful. 
So is that what you're doing here? Expressing yourself? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I always thought their purpose was to make you more comfortable. Though most of these aren't very, are they? No, not particularly. Well, what does Scott think about this multitude of pillows in your home? Oh, he likes them. Does he? I would have thought he'd consider them to be just some expensive, frivolous dust collectors. Not at all. He even helped pick out a few. Really hard to imagine, my son, who could barely stand using a very flat pillow growing up and never embellished anything, would be getting involved in picking out decorative pillows for the home. But I suppose stranger things have been known to have happened in the world. Glad you think that's not the strangest thing imaginable. Of course it's not. It's just funny, that's all. It must be a credit to you, a sign of his love. That's nice of you to say. Well, it's either that or a sign of insanity. He still likes to sleep on a very flat pillow. It might be the same one he grew up with. I tried to get him a new one, but he won't hear of it. Oh, he can be rather stubborn, my son. Yes. I wonder where he gets that from. Oh, it must be his father. If the pillows are in the way, I'll just take a few away. Better? Much. Thank you. So, can I get you anything? Like what? It's a little late for something to eat or drink, don't you think? I have very few needs at this point. That was a pretty silly question, I guess. Looks like you have the same furniture you had in the other apartment. You don't get rid of anything either, do you? That's the same old analogue TV. Even I had a high-def flat screen. Everything's pretty much the same. Oh, except for all the pillows, that is. We liked our furniture and we're happy to see it fit nicely here. It's just arranged a little differently for the space. That's right. I have to say it seems to suit the layout here better. You think so? Yes. That plant is lovely, by the way. I'm glad you like it. It's an Easter lily. I know. I got it for you, for your visit with us at Easter. I know how much you liked flowers. That was very thoughtful. I thought it would be nice to have tomorrow at the cemetery too. Very apropos. It will be Easter Monday, won't it? From what I can tell, the arrangements sound lovely. If I haven't said so before, I really appreciate all the effort and attention to detail you and Scott have given things. There have been some very nice touches. It seems much of the responsibility has fallen to you two. With Scott being the eldest, that's natural, I suppose. I'm sure it hasn't been easy. No, it hasn't, particularly with my being Jewish and needing to follow traditional Catholic rites, which I had no idea about. Now, I'm quite the expert. Pretty ironic when you think about it. Life is full of all sorts of little ironies. I haven't made any funeral arrangements before. I wondered if I was going to get things right. Sometimes I felt quite overwhelmed and daunted by it all. I don't know why. 
you are a very intelligent, capable person. You should be confident in your ability. And so far, all has gone very smoothly and well. The whole family has said so. I could not have done better myself. We hoped you'd be pleased. It can be hard to know what to do. I know. Nothing is ever spelled out well enough. It is a pity that the one most concerned is not in a position to really help with the planning. That's just the way it is, I'm afraid. It's going to be so nice to see my family again. Mama, Papa and my baby brother. It's, it's been a very long time. I was last at the cemetery when I had to bury my mother. You've really missed them, haven't you? Yes, I have. Very much. Through my faith, I know that I will be seeing them in heaven. That is where we all will be together someday. What, what is it? I wish we'd talked more like this before. We talked all the time about all sorts of things. We never talked about what was really important. I'm not sure I know what you mean. If you have something you want to say or ask me, this is not the time to stand on ceremony. Just spit it out. You know, for the longest time, I never thought you liked me very much. Goodness, is that what you thought? Well, you are thoroughly mistaken. That was the impression I had, especially when Scott and I first started dating. I didn't think I could do anything right by you. And of course, I was Jewish and you were all Catholic. All mothers, I suppose, are a bit protective of their children, particularly of their eldest son. They never think any woman is ever good enough for them. It's hard to let go of your first child. But I did like you. You should have known better. And I may be Catholic, but your religion never came into question. It actually was just fine since you don't practice and you both were always able to have Christmas with our family. Anything else? Or is that it? There's all sorts of things I wish I'd asked you about. I don't know why I didn't bring them up before. Oh, it's always like that. One thinks there's always unlimited time. But time is most finite. That is what one discovers eventually, one way or another. I guess we've let a lot of opportunities go by. Not necessarily. You should know you can ask me anything or talk to me about anything, anytime. It's not too late. It's never too late. Though, speaking of late, look what time it is. You should get to bed. Tomorrow is going to be a long day. What about you? Will you be okay? Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Will you? Oh, yes, of course. Now, scoot. And sweet dreams. You too. Good night. Good night. Good, Good night, darling. Who were you talking to? No one. Just me being a little fanciful. I'm on my way.
We hope you have enjoyed A Visit at Easter by Debbie Weiss. If so, a tick of approval on your favorite podcast platform or a review will be most welcome. The play featured Brianda Cross as the mother-in-law and Wendy Kemp as the daughter. For more information about this play, please go to fastfictionpodcasts.com. And for audio drama of a similar and sometimes different nature, scroll down through the many genres offered. Thank you.